On this episode of the Fieldhouse Files, I'll review the trade between the Pacers and Kings and talk about the two key pieces the Pacers added at the trade deadline, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, and I'll do so with Kings reporter Sean Cunningham. And welcome into the Fieldhouse Files, the podcast where I take you behind the scenes with the Pacers, talk to individuals on and around the team, and tell you what you need to know. It's now been a couple of weeks since the trades as Rick Carlisle in the front office pulling the trigger on three different deals, but none more impactful than acquiring what they call the point guard of the future in Tyrese Halliburton. But don't overlook Buddy Heald as well, though. He's that sharpshooter that the Pacers have needed for years, and you can't get enough of them. They're almost a dozen games in thus far, and I really have liked what I have seen but I want to see more, and that's why I waited a little bit to do this podcast. I want to see Halliburton assert himself more. I want to see him lead, especially late in games, not defer to Malcolm Brogdon, attack more. He said he's still trying to strike that balance, the right balance between being aggressive offensively while also getting others involved and allowing Brogdon to be himself. But just take the Pacers' last game, a loss to the Cavs, which was equally laughable in both how they lost and also how they attacked in minute allotment, I still don't understand. I mean, I left that game with more questions, and so many of them, and so I wrote about it over at FieldhouseFiles.com. Take Tyrese, for instance. He led the Pacers with 25 points. 16 of those came in the third quarter. But then in the fourth, he attempted just one shot. A long one, didn't make it. Didn't even have one assist. Had nine assists through the first three quarters. That fourth quarter should be his time either for him to take over or for him to lead. He didn't either, and when he doesn't take over, I think that's also on Rick and his teammates to insist that he does. That's what they need and want to see from him. Now, on the other side, Heald, he's an excellent shooter, 40% from three in his career, and something also valuable is his shooting at the free throw line, 92%. You go back to the Pacers of the old days, Reggie Miller, uber reliable there. Chris Mullen, fantastic. Buddy Heald is that guy now for this Pacers team. So this is a conversation about that trade, the pieces the Pacers acquiring in a six-player deal. Of course, outgoing Domus Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, all great guys, and I enjoyed working with them. I think this was a necessary trade, though. When Halliburton and especially Heald as well were involved, I understand why the Pacers got involved, and to that point, it didn't cost them any draft picks either. And by the way, Sabonis... Just earned her contract for just a couple more years. So they're going younger. Um, this fits the timeline a little bit more. And they finally have that point guard in Halliburton. And I wanted him, him to play like it and his teammates to encourage it. Now, before I get into the conversation I had with Sean Cunningham this week, just a reminder, you can follow all my coverage at fieldhousefiles.com. Subscribe and my stories will be delivered right to your inbox. And new just this week as Substack has launched an app. It's free. There's no ads. It's just as clean, if not cleaner, of a format and easy-to-read system uh, for you on your Apple phone. It will be coming soon to Android. But so far, I've used it a couple of days, and I really like it. And so if you subscribe to other Substacks as well, you can utilize that and kind of have a nice, clean news feed. So I highly recommend you check that out and at least give it a try. So far, I really do like that. And you can download that at the Apple App Store. But otherwise... Go subscribe to fieldhousefiles.com. There's free stories weekly, but obviously the paid subscription is what you really want for full, complete 
coverage. Now, here's my conversation with Sean Cunningham of ABC10 and the Kings Radio Network. Sean, I've been meaning to do this for a little bit, really since the trade went down, but a little bit surprising to be sure, at least on this end, that Domas Sabonis was included in a deal. What was the initial reaction? Take us back from the Kings side of things with Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson being dealt. Yeah, well, Scott, first of all, good to be with you, man. Uh, enjoy your work. And uh, it's, yeah, to go back to that day, I, I might have been as shocked as anybody mm-hmm. um, because as we were just kind of talking off air for a second, uh, yeah, I had just sat down with Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, who, you know, literally represented Sacramento's young, bright future. Um, you're talking about an organization that literally gets excited when they've got guys in the Rising Stars competition because that's really <laughs> what they have to hang their hat on. They don't have all-stars. They don't have perennial playoff berths. So this kind of represents a change, a shift that they can kind of hang their hat on is to say, look, things are going in the right direction here. So, yeah, I'm sitting down literally the day before the trade with Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell and literally talking to him for almost half an hour and it was fun because I didn't really have to do much. I mean, the two of them are just such great personalities, as as you guys in Indiana have come to find out about Tyrese Halliburton. He's just so a infectious personality that literally I just let them t- those two guys go, and I would just interject here and there and almost kind of instigate in a way. And it was just such a fun, lighthearted, great interview that really went up in flames in terms of any story that I could do. <laughs> right. Uh, because literally I'm walking around, walking out of there, and I'm saying, please don't get traded. Just don't get traded just for the sake of my story. And the very next day they did. And I I still don't have total clarity on what changed. But yeah, Tyrese Halliburton among six players out the door. And and here comes uh, Demonis Sabonis, the two-time All-Star. And it totally disrupts what Sacramento's core looks like. By the way, the other surprising feat was the fact the Indiana guys got out there and played their very next game. I think maybe (laughs) even the same day they arrived there, which... From a health standpoint, I'm even like, eh, it's not that deep. Maybe you sit this one out, get a little bit acclimated after maybe the shock to their system. I mean, Justin and Jeremy knew it was very possible. Um, being veterans, not fitting the timeline of the uh, current Pacers, having contracts that are very likable with Jeremy Lamb expiring and, and Justin Holiday uh, having one more year under contract. But Sabonis w- was obviously the surprise there. And Halliburton, obviously, was very surprised. From the Pacers' standpoint, it was kind of past time for them to move on from one of the centers. But from the Kings' standpoint, they had so many guards. Did you feel like it was long overdue for the Kings to make a move of some kind to clarify maybe that point guard role? Well, I didn't know if it was going to come down to the point guard role. I mean, certainly you had some some depth there. I yeah. mean, with De'Aaron Fox kind of being that head of the snake and, and Tyrese Halliburton being the guy that, you know, had been there for a year and a totally different type of a point guard who had the kind of the throwback, the guy who's kind of the, the, the court general has the vision, sees the play before the play can come up with not only assists, but great floaters and even, you know, the hockey assists, which is so important in the NBA and De'Aaron, who's really more of the scorer. Um, But to be honest with you, Scott, uh, there was moments where each one of these young guards and we'll, we'll put buddy aside. I mean, you, if you look at just Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, and then De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell comes in as the rookie who's a little who's obviously smaller but is a terrific on-ball defender and obviously the defense has been really the Achilles heel of the Sacramento Kings so um to look at that position I thought yes you have movable pieces I thought De'Aaron could have been uh, a piece that that might be dangled because of the high contract and maybe that the Kings would 
value one of the guys like Tyrese Halliburton, who has team control for so low for so long. But that's also what makes him so movable. And so when I've said I've been clamoring for a trade, a a I had I had called it a uh, a franchise altering shift because sure. it wasn't working. You know, it wasn't working. I mentioned Scott that they got rid of six players at the deadline. And really, Tyrese Halliburton, no offense to any other player, to, at that point, Tyrese Halliburton is really the only player they truly valued for their future. So in this day and age of NBA, you've got to, the whole, you know, you've got to move something to get something. Uh, it, they tried to uh, get something that would play in the win now because they have a fan base that hasn't seen the playoffs in 15 years. I mean, think about that. When you've got the top half of each conference making the postseason, and then you come up with this gimmick like a play-in tournament to even open up beyond half of the teams that make the NBA. Um, they weren't able to do it last year. It remains to be seen if they'll be able to punch into the play-in tournament this year. Um, and you can poke holes in, in maybe that strategy, but they're trying to win now. And and look, even if it doesn't mean a postseason berth this year, altering that core and that franchise altering shift that they did where they now have a two-headed monster with De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis as opposed to just having that one head of the snake makes sense to me. Uh, it's something that I think needed to be done. I will say this. When Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox played together, and I, I would argue from, the, from a, the, the tallest mountaintop that I would say was too small of a sample size to see these two on the floor and say that they can't play well together. But I was also the guy, if you rewind, I don't know, 15 years ago, whatever it is, it's not even that long, just it seems so long ago, <laughs> sure. when the Kings drafted Tyrese, or excuse me, Tyreek Evans, who was Rookie of the Year that year, and they had Kevin Martin, who was, you know, had been here for a few years and has putting up 20 points a game. It reminded me of them because the two of them didn't seem to, you know, coexist in a, in a, in a good way. And then they ended up moving Kevin Martin to the Rockets, and we all know what happened there. So, um Tyreek went on to win in the rookie of the year and the Kings still haven't been in the playoffs. So it's, it's just so it's, it's, it seems similar, but it was a move that, that definitely seemed to be coming with the Sacramento Kings team, but they had had all their eggs in a line to try and bring in Ben Simmons. And it seemed like Ben Simmons was going to be the guy that they, that they went after. And then when you hear reports that Sabonis would possibly be available, I said, boy, if you think getting Ben Simmons has an expensive price tag to it, what do you think it's going to be like, for Demonis Sabonis, a 25-year-old two-time All-Star coming out of the East who is a brilliant playmaker and you can facilitate the ball through and is a walking double-double. And, oh, by the way, doesn't have to leave town like Ben Simmons does. So, yeah, to say that I was surprised that they got him, especially without having to really – they didn't move any of their picks. And the only player you really lost that you truly valued was Tyrese Halliburton. Mm -hmm. To me, it, it – it, I was surprised that they were able to do it. I really was, Scott. At some point, too, Sean, you got to make a sacrifice in terms of your yeah. roster. And not a, not a change for the sake of making change, but kind of to that point where let's stir it up a little bit, see what kind of ingredients we have, and keep it moving. Because I'm one, too, that you draft best player available. So even if you already have a point guard, the best player available with the highest ceiling and the best value, you go get another point guard or whatever it is at that position, I think, because... You can always think down the line. You can always trade them again later. If they blossom and turn into something special, you're going to get more value there. But it did seem like a little bit of a logjam a little bit, much like the Pacers remain kind of uh, still at that center position just a little bit. A lot to unpack and, and a lot of different things you said there. Um, in terms of Domus, by the way, 
good value contract easily outplaying the contract. I think for the, the Kings, what it ultimately will come down to is are they either able to trade him again or re-sign him after two more seasons because his contract will be up, but he's got at least two more years after this year. And I know that's something Pacers front office started getting a little bit concerned about is, all right, is this another situation down the road here like Victor, like Paul George, where we're going to have to move them before their contract's up so that we can at least get some value. And that's where the Pacers front office actually has thrived is in that market and making the most of assets that are about to move on here. But, um, yeah, you're right. With Sabonis, he's going to be outstanding for the Kings. He's reliable as they come. He hates missing games as much as he hates missing practices. And he's going to help Will, as we've already seen a little bit, the Kings to victory and and move the ball so well. Has that been your early impressions of what he's been able to do and and kind of, along with Fox, be an orchestrator of the offense? Yeah, and I think you hit on something there, too. I mean, they, they run the ball so much through him. I mean, he's averaging six assists through these nine games. They're four and five. Um, the double-doubles are there. His scoring is pretty consistent from where he was through the first half of the season with Indiana. But, you know, they look at Tyrese Halliburton, and this is the tough part because he was such a – I said his – I always look at a guy, and, and it's like, what does this person do that's elite? What is their best character trait? What is the thing that they do on the floor that's best for the team's DNA? And, and Tyrese Halliburton, you're, you're losing that playmaker. And I was, you know, screaming from the mountaintop again where it's like, this team has no playmaking. Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, a little bit of Davion Mitchell, and that's it. That's where it ends. You had nothing else. Now you have still don't, you don't really have the playmaking. I think Justin Holiday certainly helps a little bit with these trade deadline acquisitions. You've got some better ball movement. But everything goes through Sabonis, and he's just been brilliant with it. And I think, look, the team right now is is flawed. It's not it's not what you would sure. want. Um, it, but with him and Fox, since he's come over here, Fox has, has ascended back to the deer and Fox that, that people know that they can count on. Now, you can call it inconsistent, but the scoring is there. He's had a very tough year. Um, but once Tyrese Halliburton left town and he got the ball back in his hands – you can see a more confident De'Aaron Fox. You can see someone who's looking to score more, and you can see someone who's just playing a little bit more free because it feels like the pressure is off of him. Like now it's this, you know, this tandem as opposed to everything just falling on Fox. So um, it, it is fun to see. I think, uh, you know, it, they're trying to follow this blueprint where it's what Chicago did when they went after and got Vucevic out of Orlando. Yeah. And it didn't work right away. I mean, certainly it was a midseason trade. You had what, 25 games, I think, remaining in the season. And, you know, you didn't, you didn't make the playoffs. It didn't end up well. But then you fast forward to this season and they're among the top teams in the East. And if you can just have an offseason to not only build around him, possibly move a pick, maybe draft high, depending upon how things fall in the draft, um, there's plenty of opportunity within the offseason to put shooters and scorers and maybe add another ball movement or ball, uh, excuse me, a playmaker and then possibly better defense and just find some of those role players that have really not panned out well here in Sacramento because you haven't had, you've literally had one figurehead. Um, and, and when you look at someone like Buddy Heald, who's this elite shooter, you know, Buddy's someone I absolutely love. I do. I love Buddy Heald, but he is a mistake player. He's an elite shooter, no doubt. But what the Sacramento Kings were using Buddy Heald for was some, they were relying on him to be something he's not. Buddy's a great rebounder for his position. He's improved his playmaking, but they've had to rely on him so much that it wasn't, it didn't work here. I mean, it, you know, 
it took him away from doing what he does best, which is shooting the ball. I mean, if you can get catch and shoot buddy, as opposed to force your own shot, buddy, that's, <laughs> that's preferable. Yeah. Um, but he is a frustrating player. And I think you guys will see that. I don't know if you've already seen it, but I've, I've been watching him from afar, much like Tyrese and, you know, going, well, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You put buddy healed in a different situation and you'll be able to see him thrive. And, and to me, I'm wishing him nothing but the best because he, much like Marvin Bagley, who was traded at the All-Star break, was needing it needed a fresh start in the worst way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and, and I can recognize that with some players on this Pacers roster. And you see throughout the league just the benefit of a new environment, new support system, maybe new coaching staff even. Let's focus now on, on Tyrese and Buddy. And you went down the Buddy road, so we'll go there. For one, he's getting additional minutes. Uh, I think this Pacers team has shown, too, that they're willing to accept the players for who they are and acknowledge those errors that come along with the great shooting or great playmaking, whatever the person is. And and you're right with Buddy. I mean, he's shooting better. He's scoring better, even rebounding better, in part because he's getting additional workload. He's starting. He's thriving in that role. Um, and, and I think the more I see from him, the more realistic chance now I'm believing that he'll actually make it through to next season with the team because I thought originally they'd acquire him, maybe see if they could trade him again. Uh, maybe look to do that this summer, but while his his price tag's a little bit high, for example, with the Pacers, they have just lacked incredible shooters, multiple shooters, for some time now. And so for them to be able to have one, have a veteran in him, and a guy under contract for a couple more years, I, I think he's made a strong impression here in the first several weeks. Yeah, and the thing that he doesn't get enough credit for either is he's a very durable player. The guy... He, you know, when you always say that if your best player is among your hardest workers, it's a good thing. Uh, it, it certainly qualifies with Buddy. It's just he can't be, you know, it's it's tough if he's your one of your best players. Mm-hmm. Well, ideally, he'd be a little bit further down the roster. But, you know, I think he thrives better as a starter. I know there's a lot of people that would disagree with me that they think that he's um, better coming off the bench. However, I want Buddy, if I have Buddy Heald on my team, I want him in the best mental headspace possible. Whatever gets him out there to, to thrive, he wants to be a good teammate. He doesn't, you know, he's everything you would want, but he is a mistake player. And so that's why you had the likes of L.A. And, you know, from people I've talked to when they were doing anything with Ben Simmons, Buddy Heald was always part of the calculus there as well. I mean, they were they, they wanted that outside shooter, um, even if it meant moving off of Seth Curry, who is an outside shooter. I mean, Buddy, you get a better shooter in, in, in for their fit. And they really, really wanted him in, in, in Philadelphia. So um, when you can ha- put him around another alpha male, someone that, you know, is kind of, you know, this is their team, 
it, it definitely would have a better fit than, oh, here I come over here and here's De'Aaron Fox. And not to say that the chemistry was bad by any means, but, I mean, Buddy looks at what he's doing and he's like, no, I'm not the problem. We, we all suck <laughs> on defense. Like, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I at least am a, a positive in, other, in all these other areas. So it's, it's one of those uh, – it's just tough. Like, for him, he, he has to be in the – I would put him in the perfect space, be a catch-and-shoot guy. If it means starting, you mean starting – uh, he means a lot to some so much of what happens on the court, and then you take him away from if he is this mistake player from having to be a playmaker. If you can take that away from him, I think that's well, really well done. But I've liked the fit that he's had so far with the Pacers because is if you, I mean, that's the one thing. If you look, and I know it's a small sample size; it's only I think eight or nine games for you guys. Right. But his, his assist numbers are way up. His rebounding has been nice. He's flirting with triple doubles, um, but his scoring is up, and he just seems to totally be in the right headspace and I think that's going to be a, a measure of success going forward you're right though Scott I don't know if it means long-term success with the Pacers but when you can shoot the way Buddy Heald shoots and you can rebound your position the way he does and you're as durable and such a hard worker as he is you know there's you're always going to have a home for somebody like that yeah his assist numbers I think has probably been the most surprising we all knew he could shoot and that type of player yes he makes mistakes but for him to get others involved and make that right pass, and again, a lot of it being a starter, um, playing with the better players, and alongside of that is you get more confidence and more minutes. So that's been impressive. And an added bonus, by the way, is also his 90% free throw shooting right now. And it, oh, yeah. it, it's notable, too, you mentioned his durability. Basically, the, the team's trading their durability then because Sabonis was easily the Pacers' most durable, reliable guy. Um, he was one of those guys at 70% would rather play than sit out, whereas it's not always the case um, for some players. And I thought also with Buddy, it was noteworthy. He's obviously not going to get into it too much, and this was after a game on a podium where it's on Zoom, and that's a whole different conversation I don't like. But he got to the point where, hey, I'm starting to find my joy for the game. I'm starting to have fun again, which goes back, Sean, to what we previously talked about was you need a fresh start. You need an opportunity. So I think he's getting that. Yeah, and he also, I think you hit it right there, too. Him being in the starting lineup, playing with the better players, that's so huge. I mean, it helps a guy's confidence, I think, for him to come out. He knows he needs a playmaker with him. He's got that in Tyrese. He's completely familiar with him. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm thrilled for him because uh, he does need a fresh start. Uh, he does need to know that his value, that he still has a high value in the NBA. And the way he looked at it, I was traded for an all-star in Sabonis. And, and, and he, before that, he was traded for an all-star in DeMarcus Cousins. And even though... You know, he wasn't the, uh, the the big meat on the hook for uh, the Pacers, and it was all about Tyrese Halliburton strictly for not only what he represents for the team's future, but having that team control and not having that loaded contract. Uh, good for him. He needs to look at it that way, and he has the total right mindset as he heads into Indiana. And by the way, it can't be easy for any player to be, you know, constantly in the news or reading about yourself or friends texting you. And we mentioned, you know, the Lakers were trying to get him last offseason, and he was clearly available at this trade deadline. Now, at least in the short term, he can put that, you know, uh, away and just focus on playing. Um, gone a little bit long, but I do want to touch on Tyrese and his personality. You brought up what stood out to you. I think the one character trait. Off the court is just his charisma, his smile, his enjoyment, like for life. That's contagious. And then on the court, I think it's absolutely his court vision. He is two plays ahead of everybody out there. Yeah, and I want to start with his off the court because let's pretend there's been a lot of conversations, at least out in Sacramento and throughout the league. They're saying, okay, well, you know, 
let's pretend Ty- is Tyrese Halliburton, will he ever be an all-star? Will he ever be an all-star? And I always think that's kind of silly because I don't really think that matters, especially with the style of game he plays. Mm-hmm. But let's just pretend he'll never be an all-star, right? The dude is an absolute Hall of Fame player off the court. I mean, this guy does everything you'd want from a community, a a chemistry, a you know, speaking up, what, using your voice for your platform, uh, social justice, pop culture, the guy just gets it. I mean, I remember he did something very similar to what De'Aaron Fox did when he came out to Sacramento and literally just went to Twitter and said, hey, where, where's good high school football at? Because, you know. <laughs> That's great because here he asked out, about where, where some good yeah. high school basketball games are. I want to check them out. Yeah, and, I, and you know, all these people, you know, chimed in and, and yep. you know, I – I took advantage of it and said, I'll see if he'll do the same thing. I said, hey, man, uh, right on Twitter, come to this game. It's the biggest one this week. This is a, a team that contends for state, uh, you know. And sure enough, much like De'Aaron Fox did, you know, when he was a rookie, here comes Tyrese, and he would go out and, and just, you know, no no big, you know, you don't have, like, a huge entourage. You don't have team security. He, and you're talking about a time during COVID, too, and luckily you're, you're outside and these games are just returning and, here he shows up and he's just, he's standing on the sidelines, you know, and I'm, I'm blown away because in TV, you know, we only have one professional team out here. It's the Sacramento Kings. And then we have, you know, high school and, you know, we're Bay area centric. So we get a lot of, you know, we have to cover a lot of the A's and the giants and uh, you know, Bay area football, but, but to see your professional athlete in your in this hometown coming out and supporting that way, it's like, man, this guy just gets it. And then you interact with them for so long and it's, it, it, the guy did everything. So the guy literally could have been trash on the floor and, and <laughs> the fans in this town yeah. who just absolutely love their players. I mean, they get to, they get to know their players, their personalities. I mean, this is very much a college field town where um, the, the fans are just so desperate for winning and they have a small market mentality because, you know, anytime the Kings are on ESPN, it's a big deal because oftentimes you're seeing what the other team is doing instead of what your own team is doing. So, uh, I totally get that. I'm someone who's from this area. I've seen that myself. And when you have a guy like Tyrese Halliburton that not only is a sensational player that represents what the future could be for your team, uh, but puts him in the class of professional athletes that are among the best you've ever covered in sports. I mean, that, sound, that sounds like a lot, but I'm telling you, when Bobby Marks from ESPN uh, worked with Tyrese Halliburton and then comes out of the draft and said, before the draft and saying, this is the, 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 this guy checks all the boxes from the interview game and from, you know, the media standpoint, he's like, mm-hmm. he's the best I've ever worked with. And even I was rolling my eyes at it. And now here I am talking to, you know, Indiana Pacers reporter about the way Tyrese Halliburton just absolutely is a Hall of Fame media game player. And it's, I, I, I'm, I almost roll my eyes at it, but it, it, it's, it's hilarious because it's so true. This guy is too normal. You hope he never changes. And if he's in the cards long term for the Pacers, you really got a good one. It's funny, Sean. The first conversation I had with one team employee was let's hope he does not become another Paul George, Victor Oladipo. Because in a similar vein, that's how they were. They were eager. They'd do interviews as long as they'd want. Maybe they'd be throwing a football out. At, you know, I remember going to an IU football game in tailgate, and there was George Hill and Paul George and, and Lance Stevenson, and just that youthful exuberance, and you didn't have a big group hanging around him. Well, then they become all-stars, and then they get another contract, and then they change a little bit. So you hope right. not, although I think those of us around it enough see 
that it tends to more go the other way. Last thing, and just in terms of, of Tyrese on the floor, you see that awkward shot. He's figured it out, though. I'm sure he, he continues to answer countless questions then and now about that and figuring it out. But other than that, he just seems like a guy that he's not going to claim he's the leader, but already he's becoming the face of this franchise, I think, moving forward. And that's something very clearly the front office and coaching staff's very comfortable with. Yeah, I would hope so. And if anyone has reservations over that, I mean, the guy is, I mean, he's shooting over 40%, you know. He's making it work somehow. <laughs> yeah, and it's and from distance. And, it, yeah, it looks a little funky. And I and some people say that that's why he slipped. Other, I mean, he, he'll tell you he wasn't surprised because he wanted to go to Sacramento in the draft all along, even yeah. if he tumbled to 12. So um, I, I still don't know which to buy. I think from everyone I've talked to, most people still had reservations about his shot, whether or not he could be a scorer. Um, but man, there's just so much to like there. Um, you, you know, he sees so much. He's got such a great feel for the game. He makes everyone better. Um, that quintessential point guard that you absolutely need. And, you know, it's tough to see someone like that go, go out the door for a team like Sacramento who has to build. And, if you wanted to expedite that, and I can kind of like, like I said, I can I can see it because you're landing a legit all-star caliber player and someone to pair along Deer and Fox. Um, you know, you're, you're trading the guy that maybe you would rather have kept, but it takes it costs money to make money. And right. for them, I mean, I, I think the Pacers have a good one. I, I'm not concerned about the shot. I love this floater. Uh, he and he ends up having a nice, uh, at least in Sacramento, he's had two two guys that he would have a nice two man game with when they run the run the paint and just put a lob up there. Um, I think there's some good stuff that can that can come from it. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, if Ty, I, to me also looking from afar, I I've wondered what's it going to look like when Malcolm Brogdon comes back, and we kind of saw what Brogdon did last night. Um, it'll be fun to see, you know, him and and Duarte kind of grow together. So um, I, I have a lot of intrigue when it comes to the Pacers for just from afar. I sincerely think he's going to be the cornerstone of that franchise for years to come. Certainly seems that way. And I like to remind people, Reggie Miller didn't have the most typical shot as well. And he figured it, <laughs> figured it out and, and it was beautiful. So, uh, Sean, yeah, I worked out. Okay. Yeah. Didn't it? <laughs> Sean, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. And, uh, I know a lot of Pacer fans kind of follow the Kings still late at night because it's, you know, games tipping off at 10 o'clock here locally and, you know, Pacer off night. So Sabonis so holiday, uh, especially Lamb too, but we're really valued and appreciated here. So uh, appreciate the time, Sean. Thank you. Anytime, Scott. Good to talk to you, man. Appreciate it.